0: Blob Talk Radio. Music I thought the music was going to go to a slow fade. <laughs> it's, 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 technical difficulties are endless. <laughs> well, welcome to today's Outsports podcast. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by AT&T, mobilizing your world. Um, so you got to hear our music a little bit longer than normal, but uh, as I said, over the try to uh, yell over the din of the guitar. This is a gym would Sid in... Los Angeles. So, welcome to today's podcast. Sid is on his way this weekend to Austin, Texas, for the South by Southwest festival. Uh, you're there as part of a, a documentary that's uh, going to be premiering. If you want to tell us a bit about that, yeah. Well, the documentary is called
1: um, "Out to Win," and it's you know it's really uh, it's it's about you know kind of the the history of LGBT athletes and. Uh, the LGBT sports movement, done by Malcolm Ingram, who's a a, a, a documentary filmmaker who did a, a, a couple of films about a, a, a small town gay bar and the Continental Baths in New York, and and uh, yeah, it's I, I've seen the first fifteen minutes or so, and it looks looks pretty good. So pretty good that
0: Queen licensed their music to them, so that's pretty cool. And is there a panel? I think Dave Copey is going to be there. Um, Wade Davis, I think Jason Collins. Is there an actual? There's a premiere, and then there's a panel discussion. Is that true? I don't
1: know if there's a panel discussion, but uh, but there's a there's a party after the after the after the event. I think there's a panel discussion about other issues. I, I'm not sure. I think um, Megan Rapinoe might be on it, and maybe Jason. So, yeah,
0: I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I really don't know anything about that. So we'll get a full review once uh, the film is aired, and hopefully uh, some idea of where it's going to be playing and when. And <clears throat> so that should be fun. I've ever been to Austin, Texas. Sounds like uh, supposed to be a great town. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Supposedly the food
1: is good, so that's
0: <laughs> well, that's that makes a, a huge difference. So uh, today we're talking about a, uh, obviously gays and sports, duh. Uh, A couple of things near the end. We'll talk about maybe some NFL free agency, non-gay, but also does Satan control the New England Patriots uh, when it comes to gay marriage? That was uh, basically (laughs) a claim made this week by a former Patriot. But let's begin with uh, college basketball. March Madness is starting. The tournaments are going on. And earlier this morning, the University of Massachusetts lost in the Atlantic 10 tournament uh, to LaSalle. Pretty much, um, it eliminates them from the NCAA tournament uh, contention. They're 17-15, so they won't make the tournament they'll probably make, the NIT or something like that. Um, they made it last year, and this is the first year with um, Derek Gordon, uh, one of their players, being openly gay. Derek came out after the season. This is his first full season, and um, the Washington Post Chuck Culpepper, who we both know, who is an openly gay sports writer, uh, wrote a... Peace on Derek and all the anti gay abuse he has faced from the fans, and if we had the sound effects we could play we could play it because it was crickets. I mean, there was no fan abuse um not in any arena at any point by anybody um Derek said he heard more jokes about his tomahawk and other stuff, but you know, hasn't that been one of the great His Mohawk? people? Have but Mohawks, <laughs> a so Tomahawk, yeah, it does <laughs> Mohawks? He doesn't go it, to Florida State. Yeah, exactly. That would have been caused to uh, criticize him. But it was just it. Was, the story was sort of interesting in the fact that there was no news there. I mean, the news was oh, nothing happened to this guy, and for years, one of the reasons we have heard why athletes don't come out. Especially in North America. I mean, it's different, I think, in European soccer. I wouldn't come out as an openly gay player in the Russian soccer or hockey leagues. I mean, forget that. But was, oh my God, the fans. The fans would be terrible. And we've said forever that we don't think it'd be a problem. And at least based on Derek's, we've been proven right. Yeah, well, it's. yeah, Yeah remember a couple of years ago, Bruce Arians
1: yeah, said that the fans would be a problem, and I just, I've never believed that the fans would be a problem. This isn't Europe, this isn't the place where people chant anti-gay things, you just don't hear it in the stands here, uh, whether there's a gay athlete or not, and the idea that that Derek Gordon or Michael Sam or Jason Collins are going to hear a bunch of stuff from the stands, it just other fans won't tolerate it, whether they're playing for the team that they cheer for or not, so it, that that whole thing, the whole idea that fans would be some huge problem for gay athletes, I mean, that's that's just been turned on its head. Though, though, I think that that people still probably believe that's true. They just kind of believe that every single example you can offer them is
0: some anomaly to what reality is. Yeah, and there have been things in past years uttered. You know, people like Christian Leitner. You know, he was supposed to. You know, the the whole idea that the people who hated Duke that he was gay, but that's, you know, more than 20 years ago. But I just, I've never believed that if an openly gay player came out, that fans would be, you know, you might have one, one or two people who clearly there's always exceptions, but they, as we said, I think they'd be shouted down by fans of the same team. I mean, they wouldn't sit there and, you know, if I'm rooting for Peyton Manning and the Broncos and a guy next to me at a stadium is saying anti-gay stuff, he's a Broncos fan, I'm not going to say, well, he's entitled to say that because he's a Broncos fan. I'll shut him up. And so, I, But I do think it's like you're, you're sort of wondering, like, the reasons people give for things, they keep getting demolished, and yet they still have a certain power because of what people kind of want to perceive they that's going to happen. Yeah, well, they they believe this, that, that old
1: survey done years ago that showed that the vast majority of fans didn't care if there was if if there was a gay person on their favorite team but they all believed that the people to their left and right in the stands mm-hmm. did care everybody everybody's cool with it but everybody thinks everybody else is a problem because we've been told for so long that it's a problem they just everyone assumes that 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 all the reports and and, and all the assumptions and stereotypes have been true, but you know, people—it it, it takes a lot to convince people that what they've been told all their lives isn't true. And 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 that's—I think that's what's going on here—that they've been told for so long that it's hard to be gay in sports. It's—it's it's, uh, your teammates will hate you, the fans will hate you. So it's
0: so that's it. They find it hard to not believe that anymore. Yeah, and I, I think you know, Jace, or uh, Derek was asked if he thought some people maybe were censoring themselves. And he basically said, I don't know. And the bottom line, if they are censoring themselves, well, that's a sign of progress. I mean, those frat guys at Oklahoma who chanted the anti-black stuff on the bus were huge Oklahoma football fans. And, you know, they were cheering on these black Oklahoma football players. They weren't yelling that word at, you know, openly at, at Oklahoma football games, so it kind of doesn't matter. I'm no one saying there's no homophobia or no racism in among fans, but the bottom line is at the arena, people aren't going to say that because they know it's no longer cool to do that, that if someone started an anti-gay chant, they're not going to be egged on by the rest of the crowd to go get them. They're going to be told to shut up and I have a gay brother or my uncle's gay or whatever it's going to be. Um, so I think the reason for people who use the fans is simply not the case. I think it's still more of the dynamic on your team that is the single most important factor of why people come out or don't.
1: Yeah, it's not even that. It's just why people come out or not. It's it's not even the dynamic on your team. It's just, I think it's just, well, I, I mean, yes, you're right. It's the, it's the, it's what you perceive as the dynamic that is hearing the anti-gay language and stuff like that, and assuming that they're going to hate you. And so, so you're right. It's 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 the dynamic on the team of, of what you see, even though that what you see might not be really
0: what's going on. Yeah, and what's the most interesting is you know Derek said what openly gay athletes have telling us forever is that he felt more free. He felt totally liberated. He's never been happier. <clears throat> because he doesn't have to worry about any of that stuff. And on the team it's become such a non issue that it's simply, you know, it's 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 to them as like, okay, we've sort of moved on from this and that's exactly what people have always said is going to happen, that once you get over the initial hubbub, I mean there has not been a lot of attention on Derek this year. And in a good way. I mean New York Times I know had a story. There have been stories, but it's not like everybody has to track the performance of this openly gay player, and he was a starter on this team, and so he wasn't a bench player. And the reality was it came and it, it's come and gone in a good way without much to do about, you know, the whole thing.
1: Yeah, he, uh, you know, it's unfortunate they just didn't do great this season. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just finished. They, they probably won't even get an invitation to the NIT. And, uh,
0: How about you know, everybody got, got an invitation
1: were... to NIT? <laughs> Well, they're right now they're eighth. They finished eighth in the Atlantic Ten. I mean, for, for them to get in, and they they lost six of their last seven games in yeah. the season. Yeah, so they before. had a good run going it, for a while. Yeah, they did, and then they kind of hit they hit VCU and Rhode Island and lost both of those games on the road, and then they just kind of never recovered from that. And uh, you know, and the team statistically just hasn't been very good. The field goal percentage has not good. Scoring hasn't been good. Points allowed hasn't been good. Just they just Unfortunately, the team hasn't been very good and Derek finished 4th on the team in scoring and uh so it's uh it, it just it wasn't it wasn't a great season for the Minutemen and it just wasn't a great season for Derek unfortunately.
0: Yeah, it was a great not a great season for, in that way, but it was a great season in the sense I think it was been an accomplishment of what the team with the first gay player was able to do and seamlessly integrate him and so his being a gay A gay being a gay player was not a factor in the slightest in how they did or didn't do. So I think in that sense, I think it's been you know people are going to look back if you do the history of gays in sports and say they're going to applaud the 2014-2015 Massachusetts basketball team because it started with the coach and it went down to every player and Derek was just one of the players.
1: Yeah, and I talked to a student at UMass a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and he said that last year when the D- Derek Gordon story came out, and Derek talked about you know keeping to himself and hitting the gym all the time, the guy said that he had noticed that. He didn't know it was because he was gay, but he had noticed that Derek was always by himself, and he said this year, Derek was always with other people. He was going to parties. He was just obviously just more a part of the community, and that's what Derek told me as well, that he just felt he felt like he was part of the team, and 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 that be him being engaged wasn't an issue. So it it was, you're right. From that perspective, it was, it it was great. I mean, it was
0: it was it was what we thought it would be. To be honest. Yeah. So it's been good that we have not spent any time hardly this season talking about Derek Gordon, and that's because there, was, there wasn't much to talk about in a, you know, in a newsy way, and it just was not make headlines. There wasn't any incident. So. Um, we can kind of, you know, he'll have next season. He'll be—is he a senior next season? Yeah. Well, he has one more, one more season of eligibility. Yeah. So, and you know, I imagine it'll even be less of a story by the time next year comes along. Um, but let's stay in New England and um, news this week. I had not been aware that the the Patriots are controlled by Satan, the Great I Lord you did and Master. Know that. Well, I mean, Bill Belichick is is a tool of Satan. Uh, Obviously, with the hoodie, that was a dead giveaway. Uh, And they probably, you know, kill baby goats in the locker room before games and drink the blood of virgins. So I kind of had that idea, but I didn't know that it was that open that everybody else saw it. Uh, But one guy who did see it was Craig James, former Patriots running back, Um, former ESPN analyst, was going to be a Fox analyst who got fired, when his pretty nasty views on gay people came to light during his 2012 failed run for the U.S. Senate in Texas. Um, And he is now working for the Family Research Council, which tells you a lot about his views. That's a very strongly anti-gay organization based in Washington, D.C., and he's one of their outreach people. So he kind of landed on his feet. But on the radio show of the Family Research Council last Friday – he was asked about an Amicus brief you wrote about, uh, where the Patriots, the Tampa Bay Rays, the San Francisco Giants joined 375 other U.S. companies in urging the U.S. Supreme Court to basically make gay marriage legal nationwide. Um, and the, the Amicus brief got some attention, especially because of the the, the player, uh, the, the teams, and Robert Kraft, the owner of the, the Patriots, was big behind it. But Craig James said, uh, you know, that that was the work that was Satan's work because it was trying to divide the locker room and there would be an implosion and that you know, he would that if he was a player, he would not sit idly by if this brief came along ordering him to support gay marriage, which of course is not what the brief did, but as a Patriots fan, how do you feel about supporting a team that has, you know, ruled by our dark lord and master? Well, the the uh,
1: the Indianapolis Colts already had Tony Dungy, so we've been down that road. But
0: but he was I, uh, a good I, God-fearing Christian. He was the he was he was a true. man of peace and I, goodness. You have the, you have the evil dark lord Satan. So defend your boy. That's true. Yes. When it's uh, <laughs> isn't it incredible
1: that when people try to help other people live their lives the way they want to lead it, like the Patriots and and the Giants and they. And and they simply try to affirm the the identities of other people that they are controlled by Satan. But when you raise money to oppose equality, and when you raise money to attack the identities of people, you are somehow uh, a, a person of God. Like what what did what on earth Jesus would be rolling in his grave? He'd probably be looking down from heaven, uh, rolling in his grave. At this, just this what, what these people have done to this. I mean, it's just, it's just. I, you don't even know what to say about it. It's just so ridic. It's just so ridiculous. Controlled by Satan. Well, the so funny I feel fine. I'm going to still be a patriot. And that's a great thing. So for some of my Jets fans, you're like, oh, you just, you know, typical Patriots lashing out against same-sex marriage. I'm like, um, <laughs> uh, no, you, you still root for the horrible Jets, and and the Patriots actually support same-sex marriage. fact <laughs> <Exactly. laughs>
0: Knucklehead who used to play for them, who doesn't. Uh, And I love the the comments we get on our story, because this story was picked up by Yahoo, which every time our stories get picked up by Yahoo, we get a lot of comments written by Yahoos. Uh, You know, God bless Craig James for his godly stand to hell with the crowd who want to go to hell. And then, of course, people. So the whole argument becomes (laughs) about religion, and Satan has blinded the minds of people who did not see the glorious truth of the Bible you know, and it's uh, people just go odd oh, and it, oh, it. it's it, All you have to do is laugh at it because it is so amazingly ignorant. I mean, and if you want to argue with them, the Patriots aren't telling any of their players they have to believe anything. This is the stand of the organization. And also, it's the stand of the National Football League in terms of sexual orientation and protection. So, if Craig James was on the Patriots, he could be against gay marriage and they wouldn't cut him, fine him, he can say whatever he wants to. But the, the the whole idea is getting me with a lot of the people like James now is because they're losing the battle against gay people, which they've been fighting successfully for years and years. They're now now their claim is they're the victim. We're being persecuted for our beliefs. It's the work of Satan, and of course it's nonsense. But that's how they want to console themselves.
1: Well, it's not. It's and it's that they see the writing on the wall that they that they've lost this culture war and that and just like the seahawks at the end of the super bowl when they realized they had lost they're just they're just swinging they're just trying they're just trying to hurt people at this point that's that's all that's going on They're it's every last gasp they're trying everything they can they're going to take some people out along the way and and that's why people have you know talked about the potential for something really bad to happen because these people realize it's it's over. They lost and, and now they gotta try to take somebody out. They gotta try to get you gotta try to get some payback.
0: Yeah, well James fortunately has gotten just a lot of people rolling their eyes and you take what you believe. But uh you know, it does really explain the end of the Super Bowl though, because apparently I think Pete Carroll called the play related to the def- offensive coordinator, who then called a specific type of play. And I bet you, Carroll called the run to Marshawn Lynch. Satan came over. The got in, you know, because he has those powers. Got into the headset and mimicked Pete Carroll's voice to the offensive coordinator. Said, "Throw a slant pass," and there you go. <laughs> so one on the Super Bowl. So uh, <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's it's the absurdity of these arguments. But but you're right. I mean, it's it, they're lashing out, and I think all all the best thing is is simply to laugh at them and say, "Okay, you want to believe that." go right ahead but uh satan is not behind Uh, actually satan so the giants won the world series and the patriots won the super bowl so satan's having a good uh good run so far because they both signed the brief yeah
1: well both teams this year were representing states for same sex marriage was legal so it's i mean it's everything's going to hell
0: Uh, And uh, on on the whole subject of religion and sports and gays, there was sort of a juxtaposition yesterday when the NFL announced the attendees for the Veteran Combine, which will be held uh, later this month in Arizona. Michael Sam got an invitation, as expected. Tim Tebow did not. No, there's some question about whether Tebow submitted an application, but um, it it is interesting how when the whole Michael Sam story came out last year, how many... how many people brought up Tim Tebow on their own when it was no relation to it? Remember, we were talking about that last year that you know, Tim Tebow's persecuted for his beliefs and Michael Sam celebrated for being openly yeah. homosexual. So I thought it was kind of interesting that they're kind of intertwined again. Do we know was Tebow not
1: accepted? Because Vince Young, people were talking about Vince Young going to the combine too, and. And, uh, you know, were these guys not accepted, or, or did they d- decide not I, to do it? Do, you, do we know? That's what I
0: haven't found out. There was talk that Tebow wanted an invitation, but whether or not he actually applied for one is unclear. Um, but because apparently he now knows how to throw, throw a better spiral, and there was talk, so um, it's pretty unclear. But Michael will be there um along with a lot of players, kind of the last gasp for a lot of these guys. I mean, if you look at the list, is people like Adam Carriker, <clears throat> Felix Jones, who've played in the league, and then other people who maybe made a training camp or two, like Michael, and then sort of never went anywhere. But And the irony with the Tebow thing is Tebow and, and Sam never were, you know, opponents in anything. And This was something brought up by a lot of the same people uh, that supported Craig James last year that, you know, that, they interjected this, oh, that Tebow somehow was vilified for his Christian beliefs, and Sam is being celebrated and as far as I know, Tebow's not ever said a word about michael Sam oh i don't I don't think he has and and well
1: again it's <laughs> it's this idea who's the victim every everybody's gotta be a victim in this culture. Everybody has to somehow find a way to make themselves look like they're the aggrieved party. And so, if you talk talk positively about Michael Sam, well, then you have to bring up that you know when Tim Tebow's beliefs and his he was persecuted for being who he is, and this is a double standard. So it's just you know we live in a culture that encourages everyone to find some way. To to call themselves a victim, and and that's what the Tebow fans and and a lot of folks on the religious right are doing now. And frankly, that's what a lot of gay people do. It's it, we haven't stopped doing it. We play the victim as a community better than anybody else. So, but and, and and so the the religious folks have caught on, and that's that's I mean that's all that's going on. It's just and it's, it's pretty nonsense.
0: Well, it's kind of a shame Tebow is not invited to the combine. It really make it a pretty newsy combine to have Tebow and Sam at the same place for you know, because um, this will probably get the, some coverage because of Michael Sam being there. I think he's uh, he start his group goes off at eight forty in the morning. So apparently you might be going. So if so, expect an early wake up call. I know. It's, I saw that eight o'clock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the drills. Yeah. So. Um, but uh, speaking of the NFL, we'll get off the gay stuff for a couple of minutes. The free agency started uh, this week, and it's funny how it pushes every other sport off the back burner, even if it's off, even in the offseason, because at about 1 o'clock Pacific Time Tuesday, it was you know Nick Foles being traded for Sam Bradford and Jimmy Graham going to the Saints and Darrell Rivas being a free agent, and it was sort of like major head spin how much stuff was going on in a short period of time.
1: Yeah, and I look at you know my my favorite team, the Patriots. I mean, you look at that Super Bowl run. They've now lost Shane Vereen, they've lost Darrell Revis, they lost Brandon Browner, and I'm kind of wondering what, what what's going on in Foxborough. I mean, I know they have to they had to dump some salaries, but it's uh, it'd be interesting to see how Belichick finds a way to cobble a team together and get them back to the Super Bowl. It's, it's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, I kind of think I was thinking about that last night. I said, huh, I bet you this will be clearly Peyton Manning's last season, I think, period. Win the Super Bowl, lose. Either way, he's he ain't playing at age 40, I'm convinced. And I think, you know, this will be Tom Brady's last year in New England. I think he wants to keep playing. I I mean, I, I think they don't win the Super Bowl if they, don't have Brand, if they don't have Browner and they don't have Rivas last year. I mean, that's, you know, those two were just fantastic uh, most of the season, especially in the end. Um so I think that you know they're clearly a, a playoff bound team but I can just see it like you wrote the Tom Brady's last act in October you may have been a year premature cuz I can see it happening that you know they they may be lose in the you know semifinals or something and then Brady wants to keep playing and Belichick says, "Look, well, time to move on" cuz I think that's what maybe this some of this is, is that now you don't have Revis and Browner and you fought Vince Wilfork um and Shane Vereen it just makes it harder to sort of get back because there's such a thin edge on doing it, and uh, I'm kind of wondering if we'll see the last Brady Manning game ever will be the last you'll see Brady in a Patriots uniform against Manning. Well, in that piece I wrote, I I, I said him, this was I didn't say that last year would necessarily
1: be his last mm. year. I, I think I said unless they win the Super Bowl, yeah, I got <laughs> they it. won the Super Bowl, and but but I was convinced then that I mean if if last year wasn't his last, it was his. Second to last, so uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I again, um, unless the Patriots simply ignore the quote Patriot way for this one player, it'll be his last season unless they win the Super Bowl. I mean, they've, what they've had to jettison to keep Tom Brady is a lot. I mean, if, if they had if they had cut Tom Brady, they'd have Browner and Revis and yep. Vereen. Uh, with, well, with, yeah, a, and I with, think
0: you're right, and I think that that's. I mean. This was their big. I think this was their big run, and it, you know it was highly successful. I mean, they. I always thought Revis was a rental player because of the way the contract was structured, um, and they got the most out of it. They got the most value. They won a Super Bowl, so all gravy to them. But I think this year it's going to be harder. Um, and I think I kind of wonder also what the Eagles. I I have no idea what the Eagles are doing. It doesn't. Uh, their, their moves make no sense to me with the Bradford for Foles trade. But I guess Kelly loves loves Sam Bradford, but. It's an odd one, and then you got the Jets
1: just spending money left and right. And no, nobody's been able to do this before, where you just bring in a bunch of high-profile free agents and and win a Super Bowl. But they brought in uh, Cromartie and they brought in Revis and Brandon Marshall, and and they they think they're gonna cobble together uh, a a Super Bowl team in in a way that it's it's failed for everybody else who's tried.
0: Well, I don't know that. I mean I would say the Patriots last year they got Brandon Lafell, they got um Brandon, Brandon Browner Rock and Darrell Revis. And I you know Lafell turned out to be a big addition for them down the stretch. I mean yeah, he but, wasn't much in the regular but, season. So you I mean you I think they did they the Patriots won the Super Bowl because of their free agent moves. I think the biggest issue though is I think it's harder for a bad no bad team's ever done it. Good teams have, you know, plugged in some pieces. Reggie White with the Packers even years ago that that have won a Super Bowl, but no one no one's taken a bad team and made them a good team, and that's where I think the Jets will probably wind up being six and ten instead of four and twelve.
1: Yeah, well, no, I mean they could be eight and eight. Who knows? But again, yeah, they still but have, not a Super Bowl. They still have quarterback issues, and and uh, and they, like you said, it's a great analysis. Nobody's no bad team has ever suddenly become good by throwing a bunch of money at some some big name free agents, but. Uh, but that's all the time we have this week. Uh, Jim, have a great weekend. Hopefully you uh, get out and play some flag football. And
0: I will talk to you when you're, when you're not limping. Exactly. And remember, today's podcast was brought to you by AT&T, mobilizing your world.